If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. So, Salisa, here's a question. How would you say most people define marketing? Oh, well, my suspicion is that when most people think of marketing, they think of advertising or other forms of promotion, maybe the emails that try to sell something. And I definitely share that suspicion. And, you know, certainly we've noticed over years of working with learning businesses and conducting research that there's a widespread tendency to confuse marketing with promotion. And I even have a theory that this seemingly small bit of confusion is the key reason most learning businesses don't achieve the success they could with their offerings. Because the thing is, promotion is only one aspect of marketing, and I'm not even sure that it's the most important part, even if it is the most visible. Yeah, so I mean, marketers and people who study marketing often talk in terms of a marketing mix, and promotion is just one part of the most widely recognized four-part marketing mix. The other three parts are product, pricing, and place. And then along with promotion, those make up what is generally referred to as the four Ps of marketing. And those other three Ps simply don't tend to get the level of attention that they deserve. And so we're out to correct that with this episode of the Leading Learning Podcast. And we want to make sure listeners definitely understand the four Ps and can help others in their learning business understand them. And of course, the reason we want to do that is that really understanding and then leveraging the four Ps can make a huge difference in the potential reach, revenue, and impact of any learning business. So let's dive in. We're going to put promotion aside for the moment and start with the P that really should be the starting point for any offering a learning business creates, and that's product. So product is most fundamentally about identifying and creating an offering that meets the needs of your audience and that will achieve the outcomes you aim to achieve for your learners and your uh, outcomes that you want to achieve as a business. So basically that means creating something that clearly delivers the desired learning outcomes that people will buy and that as a result will generate revenue for your learning business. Exactly. And and product as part of the marketing mix uh, addresses obvious areas like features and benefits and the quality level of the offering, but it also includes less obvious elements like branding. So how you name it, how you package it, what sorts of services and levels of services you provide to support it, and any guarantees you plan to provide. And then beyond that, the product P also includes making decisions about how and when to update and revise the product over time to meet market needs. And the thing is, people don't tend to think of a lot of these things we've just said as marketing. You know, with elements like features and benefits, for example, it's easy to think that these are just purely the domain of the subject matter experts and instructional designers and developers. But we know that by far the biggest issue learning businesses face is that they create products and then no one buys them. And that's because they have not applied the marketing perspective to the product. They haven't gotten the kind of market insight they need to be confident that whatever they create will actually resonate with a fundamental desire or need in their target audience. 
Yeah, and we just addressed this issue in a, in a recent webinar that we delivered on the Market Insight Matrix. That's a free tool that we created to help organizations engage in an ongoing process of market assessment and one that will enable them to get the level of insight they need for the product element of the marketing mix. I'll add, too, that our, our value ramp is also relevant here because a big part of making product decisions is understanding the role any new offering plays in your overall portfolio of offerings. And the value ramp is a very simple but very effective tool for achieving that understanding. So we'll make sure to link to more information about both the value ramp and the market insight matrix in the show notes for this episode. And definitely do you know come to the show notes and, and check those out. Those are valuable tools. And again, they are free. If you haven't used them before, you definitely want to be using them. And you know, I, I think that probably the key lesson to take from all of this is that you have to combine both an educational and a marketing perspective from the very beginning of identifying and planning for new product opportunities. Now, if you have a marketing team, uh, you know that means someone from that team needs to be sitting at the table and needs to be leading the necessary research and analysis to come up with the right product strategy. And if you don't have a marketing team, uh, if you have to do this on your own, then you need to do your best to put on a marketing hat and, and think and act like a marketer from the very beginning of creating a new offering. And if you decide that a learning management system will be an important component of your products, be sure to visit our sponsor for this quarter. That's right. WBT Systems develops the industry-leading top-class LMS, which delivers transformative professional development experiences for education and certification programs. With a single point of support from in-house integration experts, top-class LMS easily integrates with a wide variety of systems to provide efficient administration and a unified learning experience. WBT supports organizations in using learning technology to help drive growth and membership, increase revenues, and enhance the learning experience. WBT believes in truly understanding your challenges and partnering with you to ensure the success of your education programs. Find out more at leadinglearning.com slash WBT. So Jeff, we've talked about the product element of the four Ps and let's go ahead and move on, but let's not get to promotion yet. Instead, we're going to look at another element that tends to not get the attention that it deserves and that's place. Right. And so place addresses the question, how will customers purchase and access the offering? And another word for this would be distribution, but of course, distribution doesn't start with a P, so it didn't work as well for packaging up this whole concept of the marketing mix in the four Ps. Well, and place may get overlooked or undervalued precisely because people aren't intuitively sure what place means in the context of marketing. But even when it's clear that we're talking about distribution, I think learning businesses don't necessarily consider all the nuances and possibilities. Deciding to distribute a course online, for example, is an obvious example of place. But you can go beyond that decision to consider whether the distribution will be only through your own learning management system and and only through a single standard interface? Or are you going to support distribution through branded subportals or even allow organizations to license the content for use on their own LMS? And this isn't just restricted to online distribution. You can do the same thing with place-based offerings. So you might, for example, give uh, organizations you sell to the right to deliver one of your workshops 
internally. So train their trainers to do it. Or you might give an individual subject matter expert similar rights. Uh, so that individual subject matter expert is able to uh, deliver uh, training workshops, educational workshops that you've created. And you can even consider franchising entire educational events or event models uh, similar to what TED, for example, has done with TEDx. And you could argue that TED, you know, by allowing for TEDx, uh, as well as for the dis distribution of TED videos online, has boosted the level of exclusivity, which is another aspect of place. Um, it's, it's boosted that for its original flagship TED offering. So I think the main takeaway with place is that most organizations simply stick with tried and true channels for getting their products and services to market. But this is an area where pushing your, yourself to think a little outside the box can open up really big opportunities. And, and probably the most basic one that applies to the majority of learning businesses is to think beyond selling to individual learners and develop approaches to institutional selling. That is selling in bulk to corporate uh, buyers, government buyers, other organizational buyers of training and education. And, you know, effectively executing on that one move can transform a learning business's prospects practically overnight. Yeah, definitely. That that's a big one. And and again, you know, we'll stress that that moves like that come back to really appreciating what's involved in effective marketing. And that means appreciating each of the four P's. And as you come to appreciate all the possibilities for distributing your learning offerings, you'll definitely want to check out our sponsor for this quarter. Community Brands provides a suite of cloud-based software for organizations to engage and grow relationships with the individuals they serve, including association management software, learning management software, job board software, and event management software. Community Brands' award-winning Crowd Wisdom Learning Platform is among the world's best LMSs for corporate extended enterprise and is a leading LMS for association-driven professional education programs. Award-winning Freestone, Community Brands' live event learning platform, is a leading platform for live learning event capture, webinars, webcasts, and on-demand streaming. Find out more at leadinglearning.com slash communitybrands. So please do uh, definitely visit Community Brands. They help to make this show possible. But now let's move on to the next P. And this is one that doesn't tend to get overlooked like product and place do. In fact, it's often a source of great worry and, and consternation um, for learning businesses, but it tends not to get addressed until too late in the product development process. And this is price. Yeah, and I think price is, is the one P that we've written, spoken, and consulted on the most because, as you were just saying, Jeff, you know, it's an area that can cause a lot of concern and confusion for learning businesses. And knowing that's the case, it's important to point out here that a key reason price becomes such an issue for learning businesses is often because they really haven't thought through product and place adequately. Exactly. And you know, I think we really can't stress that enough. The decisions that you make about the features and the quality of a product, the packaging and branding, how it's going to be distributed, what level of exclusivity will be associated with it, all of these are factors that drive value perception and impact underlying cost. And as a result, they directly impact your decisions about price. And those decisions include asking and answering things like, 
what will our pricing strategy be? Are we going for market penetration or expansion with low pricing? Do we price this as a premium offering or do we simply match the market with our pricing but differentiate in other ways? Right. And and pricing is also going to involve questions like, do all customers get the same price? Are there discounts? What are the criteria for the discounts? Do we offer payment terms? And, you know, it's really important to stress just how powerful a lever price is. Price really impacts perception. Just assigning a higher price to a product and doing nothing else, for example, can raise the perceived value of that product. And, and of course, the opposite is true. A lower price can suggest lower value. Price also has a big impact on revenue. Raising prices is more powerful than cutting costs or increasing sales volume when it comes to generating higher net revenue. And the opposite is true on that one, too. It's very difficult to make up for the net revenue losses that occur as a result of a price decrease. And we've written and spoken about that before. And as you just noted, Salisa, this is this is probably the area of the marketing mix for which we have produced the most content. So we'll be sure to link to a number of helpful articles and videos in the, the show notes. But for now, let's move on to the final P. Yes. So it's finally time to come back to where we started and discuss promotion. You know, as we said at the beginning, uh, most learning businesses in our experience tend to equate marketing with promotion. And I think this is why a lot of learning business professionals say they don't like marketing. They don't like the idea of promoting or selling, even if they appreciate how important uh, those things are. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. And and I also think it's true that many learning business professionals don't appreciate the full range of possibilities for promotion. Like you said, Jeff, it's easy to think of promotion as overtly selling, whether that means advertising or sending an email campaign that pitches a specific offering. And those are definitely part of promotion and they're very important parts. But a lot of what goes into promotion these days is much more subtle. Yeah, I mean, that's really true. Um, You know, just like we're talking about an overall marketing mix in this episode, there's also the concept of a promotional mix. And, And these days, that's going to include not just things like advertising and brochures and mailings, whether that means, you know, email or or print based mail, but also things like content marketing or search engine marketing, uh, social media marketing, just to name a few of the possibilities. Well, and those few that you just named are definitely some of the most important ones these days. And it's probably worth breaking each of them down just a bit more. Uh, Content marketing, for example, is about publishing valuable, useful content related to whatever your products and services are. So this could mean blog posts, videos, webinars, podcasts, or other types of content. But the key is that this content is usually not about asking for the sale. It's about being useful and building up trust and authority. In fact, most often it is about education. So exactly the sort of marketing that should be attractive to the average learning business professional. But I think we don't see learning businesses leveraging content marketing nearly enough. No, they definitely don't. And um, I mean, it can be really effective in building the momentum uh, that's going to get people to participate in your paid educational offerings. And that, again, is something that we address with our value ramp. And again, you know, we'll be sure to link to that as part of the show notes for this episode. Another area that uh, we definitely don't see learning businesses use as effectively as they could is search 
marketing. And, you know, search marketing is all about appearing as high as possible in the results when someone searches on a word or phrase that's relevant to one or more of your educational offerings. And, you know, you can make that happen, what they call organically, um, through making sure your online catalog pages are optimized for search, um, and then and also through effective content marketing, which we were just talking about. Or you can also pay um, for advertisements that show up in search results. Um, I'm sure most people are familiar with seeing those ads pop up at the, the top of Google or, or Bing or whatever you use for searching. And, and really, most learning businesses um, probably need to be doing both of those things, uh, going for organic search as well as uh, doing some, some paid search, uh, mostly because it's, it's just really critical to realize at this point that your own online catalog is very often not the catalog your prospective learners are using. Really, at this point, Google is their catalog. So if you aren't showing up high in the results, you're not in their catalog in a lot of cases. Mm, I think that's a, a really important point, that most people treat Google as their catalog. And I'd say similar to reaching people on search, you need to make sure you're reaching them in the places where they're hanging out online. And in some cases, that may mean your own online community or, or listserv. But even if you have those, chances are high that your learners are hanging out in one or more of the major social media networks, you know, things like Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and engaging with them there. And again, similar to uh, the aim you might have with content marketing, being useful to them there is a really powerful way to develop relationships that will eventually lead to sales. That's the basic aim of social media marketing. Again, like content marketing, it's rarely about overt selling. In fact, social networks are natural platforms for social learning, and they also can be a, a powerful part of gaining greater insight into market need. So that's a, a concept that we incorporate into the market insight matrix that we've mentioned before and that we'll include more information about in the show notes. So I'd say the bottom line here is that there's a lot more to promotion than learning businesses tend to consider. And we haven't even gotten into areas like, you know, thinking strategically about which channels make the most sense for your promotions, how frequently you should promote, or balancing and orchestrating the different types of promotion. And these are all areas that deserve attention if you want to get full value out of this fourth P of the marketing mix. And we're hoping you've gotten value out of this episode. And to get even more value, please visit the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 191. We've mentioned several points throughout our conversation today um, that we have additional resources. So do check them out, leadinglearning.com episode excuse me, slash episode 191. And when you check out the show notes, you'll also see various options for subscribing to the podcast. There are a lot of ways to do that. You can do it at Apple Podcasts. You can do it through Stitcher. You can do it through SoundCloud. You can do it through iHeartRadio and, and many others. However you like to listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to the Leading Learning Podcast that way. So if you're getting value out of what you hear, we'd be truly grateful if you would subscribe. It, it really helps us with getting some data on the impact of, of what we're doing. We'd also be grateful if you would take a minute to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts formerly known as iTunes. To do that, you can go to leadinglearning.com slash Apple. That will put you in the right place. Jeff and I personally appreciate your rating and review. 
And those reviews and ratings play an important role in helping the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. And we'd be grateful if you would check out our sponsors for this quarter. Of course, you know, the reason they are sponsoring is because they are hoping that we've got people listening who are interested in things like learning platforms, which both of our sponsors offer. So you can find out more about WBT systems at leadinglearning.com slash WBT and find out what community brands has to offer at leadinglearning.com slash community brands. And finally, please tell others about the podcast. You can send a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leading lifelong learning and share us with others there. However you do it, please spread the word about leading learning. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.